Good morning, everyone, and welcome to chapel as we begin today. I want to introduce you to Ty. He's one of your fellow students, and he's going to make an announcement that many of you are going to want to hear about a ministry opportunity that you're going to want to be involved in. Ty? Hey, guys. My name is Ty, and I'm here to tell you all a little bit about youth ministry teams. Many of you all have probably been involved in like leading worship, speaking, leading small groups, and other ministry like back at your home churches, and you may be wondering how you can get involved with that here at Baylor. Well, we have youth ministry teams, and it's a program designed to get college students involved in practical youth ministry. We do like events like I can't think. We go the we do Wednesday services for churches. We do D nows, fifth quarters, and just all kinds of other ministry events. Um, it's a great way to get to develop your ministry skills and to maybe even experience ministry for the first time. And uh, it's a great way to meet Baylor students as well. And if you're interested in that, we have an interest meeting tomorrow at 5 p.m. in the Bobo and next Wednesday at 3 p.m. in the Bobo. And we also have a table out back in the lobby. If you're interested, come by, check it out, and talk to us. Thanks. Thanks, Ty. <clears throat> As we begin worship today, I, I want to do a little moment of education. How, how many of you have heard the word liturgy? along the way. Raise your hand if you heard that. It simply means this. Liturgy means the work of the people. So it's God's people doing what they do. And as we worship together on Wednesdays, it is liturgical because it's the work of the people. We're going to involve you. We're going to involve people from all over the campus. Some of you have already volunteered and said, I'd like to help and do this or that. We're, it's really important to us that we sort of let everybody have their opportunity to share in that. This morning, our worship is being led by our Baylor student athletes, and we're so grateful to them for being here today and for what, what they do for, for our community. They are not only in the classroom working hard, but they're out on the field and on the court, and they're making a difference in our life here. Many of them, as you saw, not only are, are participating in competition on the field, but they're serving literally around the world. Our athletes go to Kenya, they go to Cuba, in order to serve people who need them and, and share the gospel. They're here today to lead in worship. This is Taylor Douthat, and he's one of our football players. In a moment, he's going to begin worship with the reading of a psalm, but I just wanted to share a little bit about himself as he does that. Taylor, thank you for being here today. Uh, like you said, my name is Taylor Douthat. I play uh, football here. Um, I know we're all excited for the season to start, and it's just amazing to see what God has done through our team and uh, also just to see what God has done through our campus. And so we're real excited for this year and this whole semester to start off. I'm going to start off by reading Psalm 100. <clears throat> Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank you. Amen. I, we thought it would be just really appropriate on a day like this to just sing a good old hymn that most of you probably know from growing up. Um, if you don't, it's really easy to catch on to. Um, it's just the good, good old hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. I know I sang it a lot growing up, so let's stand together this morning and sing it.
you have a seat. Katie and I will pray with you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day that you've given to us. Lord, I thank you for your amazing love for us, that you would send your son to die for us, Lord, that we could be made right with you and be called your children and that we could come straight to you. And so, Lord, I'm just coming to you asking that you would open our ears and hearts and eyes to all you want us to experience today. And Lord, thank you for Baylor University, for what you're doing on this campus. And Lord, I thank you for the leadership you've put in place here. And God, I thank you for the, what's happening in the athletic department and the coaches that love you with all their heart, that have such incredible influence. Lord, I thank you for the athletes that have come here to use the talents and abilities you've blessed them with. For those that know you and are, are using those for your glory. And Lord, for those that don't yet know you, I pray, God, that the 
the experience they share here, the season they go through, uh, will be one in which you can draw them close to you. And Lord, we want to bring you glory through what's happening in, in this program and at this university and just pray that through that green and gold this year, uh, Lord, you, you'll shine bright through it. God, we are overwhelmed right now, Lord, just by your goodness and your grace, Lord, and I thank you for that so much. Lord, I pray especially right now, Lord, that you cover each person in this room with your grace right now, Lord, make it real to them in a new way. God, I just pray especially as these students walk through this year at Baylor, Lord, that this be a time when they shine for you and when they draw closer to you, Lord. Draw them to yourself in your beauty, in the beauty of the sacrifice that you made for each of them on the cross, Lord. You had each one of their days planned out before one of them came to pass, God. And I pray that they feel the power that is in that, Lord, and that they claim it. And as they walk through this year at Baylor, Lord, um, that you just rise them up to be everything that you planned them to be. Um, let them feel special knowing the sacrifice you made for them, God. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you um, instill in each of their hearts the desire to know you more, to make you known, and to make a difference. Let this group right here make a difference on this campus, Lord, for your name, God. It is in your son's holy name I pray. Amen. serves here as our defensive coordinator for our football team, and he grew up in Honolulu, Hawaii, and graduated from the University of Hawaii in 1988 with his Bachelor of Science degree in communications. Um, he was a four-year letterman as a cornerback slash safety, and he, uh, he received the most improved defensive back award as a senior. 
a 20-year collegiate veteran. He coached at Arizona, Richmond, uh, Texas Tech, Penn State before coming here to Baylor. He and his wife Tiffany have five children, Gabriel, Jordan, Levi, Brianna, and Zachariah. Gabriel was a member of George Mason's 2006 men's basketball team for, that went to the Final Four. Jordan played wide receiver for Penn State and is currently playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Levi is a freshman here at Baylor and playing for the football team. The thing I appreciate most about Coach Norwood is that he's a man of God first, then a coach. Throughout my recruiting process, he shared with me some scriptures that just led me to God and kept me in the word. Um, since coming here, he's continued to just help me grow as a man of God and just bless me in my life. And he's been a godly example and a role model that always leads us in prayer and always point back to God first. I'm thankful to have him in my life and couldn't, I don't know what I would have done without him throughout, the, throughout this process. And I just encourage you to just listen to him share his testimony. Thank you. Okay, uh, as uh, Prince said, I'm, I'm Brian Norwood. And uh, one thing about coaching that's a huge blessing is that uh, at, uh, at certain times, even when you don't even expect it, you realize um, what God has allowed you to do. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, Prince blessed me just from uh, introducing me. And, uh, and I, I praise God for having the opportunity to, to be used in any way that he, uh, that he uses me. Um, as Prince told you, I, I went to high school and college in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, before that, I lived in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, anybody know where PG County, Maryland is? Yeah, I know Phil knows where it is. Phil's uncle coached me when I was growing up in Glen Arden. But um, uh, I grew up in Glen Arden, always was a, a, a person that was brought to church, uh, uh, knew Christ, had, uh, had religion, uh, always had a knowledge through my, my parents, uh, my mother, uh, uh, greatly about what Christ was, going to church all the time and all those things. Um, the, to make this as brief as possible, when, when I was living in Glenarm, the same thing, I was a sort of latchkey kid. My father was in Vietnam during, during, during the war. Then after that, we moved to Glenarm and had brothers. Mom and dad worked. So a lot of my foundational things that I learned a lot of times were from the neighborhood. And uh, sometimes that's both good and bad. Uh, so uh, was blessed by a lot of things, but also realized that even at a young age, there's things that you learn that as you grow older, may you learn that may not be absolutely right. Um, moved from uh, uh, Maryland, uh, father was in the military, had some things going on with my brothers and, and, and myself, and father had a chance to go to Hawaii, Let's go. We're, we're moving to Hawaii, uh, which was a which was a blessing. Had great foundational growth in Maryland. Moved to Hawaii, where God moved myself and my family forward. While I was in Hawaii, um, you know, went to high school, got recruited out of high school, went to the University of Hawaii, and uh, just like your college students, uh, it was probably during college that my life really got impacted in regards to to what Christ really wanted me to do and who He wanted me to be as a man. Um, I was at a, a function. We had a, a guy named Roger Navasa and another guy, Robert. I can't think of his last name, but they were like campus 
ministry guys that dealt specifically with the with the athletes and mostly with the football team. Roger was a Polynesian guy, Samoan guy, and um, I was on campus one day, uh, and you know, campus center, everybody's around. I had uh, Robert, one of the guys, come up to me in the middle of the crowd, came straight to my face, and he knew me. He said, "Brian, I need to talk to you." I'm like, "Okay, uh, what, what do you need to talk about?" He said, uh, "God has laid something on my heart that you need to deal with," and. Uh, I was never a bag. Anybody that went to school with me would thought I was like honest Abe. Never did anything wrong, straight laced, uh, and all that. But he looked at me and said, "You have a problem with lust, and God wants to deal with it." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Didn't date a lot. Didn't go. I was actually just about to get married. Not a lot of things happening in my life." And for him to say that to me, he had to know it from God because nobody else knew it. It was my own little secret in my life, and not that I was crazy or doing anything, but it was just my own fight. Didn't have no problem with drugs. Didn't have no problem with drinking. Didn't have no problem with anything else. But there was something that always skewed my mind, always pushed me going left when I wanted to go right. So this guy busted in my life, and I call it busting in my life because that's what they did. Roger and and uh, and, uh, and Robert were guys that say, "Hey, we're going to bust straight in your life. We're going to tell you the truth. Either you're going to love us, or you're going to we're going to walk away from us. But we're going to be honest with you. And if God lays something on my heart about telling you something, so He told me that. I said, "Okay, we got to go talk." We went to a pizza hut right by campus. He started breaking the word to me even deeper, told me about some things. And at that point in my life, I started realizing that I needed more than just a religion. I needed a personal relationship with Christ. I needed something that was going to be deeper and stronger to help me with the things in my life that needed to go on, that, that I needed to change. At that same time, my, uh, my, actually it was a little around that time, I had my, my girlfriend who I dated in high school got pregnant. And, uh, well, we got pregnant. So that was the dynamic right there, and uh, the Lord laid it upon my heart with everything going on at that time to say, uh, you know, hey, I, I'm getting married. And that wasn't for everybody to do in situations like that, but for me, right then, that's what it was. Uh, and, I, and I loved her, but I knew in order for me to be uh, the man or the husband, I needed more than just my love for her. I needed a change in my life. So uh, as things went on, I, I, I was brought up predominantly in a, in, a, in, a, in a cultural church when I say that. I was, you know, the black Southern Baptist church. That's the way I grew up. And, that, and I was, at times I was more tied to my culture than I really was to all that God had for me and freeing me in a sense to, to, to say, B, I want you to go from here to here. And I want you, I'm in Hawaii with Samoan, Tongans, Fijians. I had never known Samoans, Tongans, didn't know. Everybody from me living in Maryland was white, black, and Asian. Pretty much that was it, you know, and that's the way, you know, it was just, just my mindset. I got to Hawaii and was blessed to learn about all the different cultures that are out there, all the different people. And what God did to me is that he showed me through interacting with Roger and those guys, um, I went to a different church of fellowship um, because at that point in my life, that's where God was taking me. And I was open to God, wherever you got to take me, take me. So um, long story short, over that time, I got married, um, had my first son, Gabriel. I was a, uh, and this is not advice, so this is my story. Uh, uh, we got married very young. Uh, I was 19. My wife was 18. But God laid it on my heart when, when I made that decision, uh, led by him, that as long as you keep me first in your life, as long as you always seek me, not that I'm perfect, I'm a man saved by grace, as long as you keep me first in my life and search me out, I will, you will always have a roof over your head. I'll always provide for you. And he has always done that for me. I have five beautiful kids, wonderful kids. God has blessed me not deserving of what I got at all. God is blessed to have a beautiful wife that loves me and, uh, and, and puts up with me. And uh, so that's, that's, that's great. 
uh, but also have a savior that looks beyond my faults and looks beyond me and loves me for who I am. I came to Christ with, with, with junk in my life, with things in my life, and it really wasn't until I realized uh, that I couldn't make myself perfect, that I couldn't, okay, God, this is my own little pocket in my life, this lust or this, this situation. Let me get this straight, God, and then I'll come to you. I can't get it straight, God. I'll, I'll give me a little bit longer. I'll get it straight, and then I'll come to you. And it took God and Roger to tell me, B, you got to come to him just as you are. He wants you just as you are so he can show you his love. That's the only way he can do it. If you keep messing it up your own self, you'll never be able to sit back and show him. I learned through my children that I had at a young age that when they fall down or they do something wrong, I may discipline them, but I'm doing it out of love. I got to show them. So God allowed me to go through a situation in my life where he showed me through my, my shortcomings, you know, sometimes what people think is meant for evil, God can use for good. Having a kid at a young age for my, my, for my situation, a decision I made was a good thing for me. It helped me grow into being a man of God that I am right now. Far from being perfect, uh, if you looked in the Bible and I'm looking at some of the things that you talked about, a um, murderer, a liar, stealer, uh, adulterer, all those things, I'm that. In the book of Christ, when it talks about if you thought these things, if you, if you, you, you lied to somebody, or if you thought a lustful thought or something like that, you're already condemned. But by God's grace and sending Jesus Christ into the world, it lets me know that I can get right with a perfect God because of his love for me, because of Christ. Um, that's good news for me. And I'm excited to talk to you all today, uh, really just to tell you what a great situation you're in right now in college. This is a time where a lot of the foundations that your parents laid on you, that you step away and you make decisions on, on, on your own with some of their foundational things. But even bigger than that, from, a, from an institution that bases itself on Christian values, you're allowed an opportunity to see Christ for yourself. Nobody's perfect in this audience. Nobody is. We got guys that come from all different backgrounds, young ladies come from all different backgrounds, different problems, all those things. But you know what? At the end of the day, God loves you just as you are right now today with all your garbage, junk, trash, things you think can't get done. He loves you just as you are. And I'm excited about that. Like I said, I still fight with things this day, but I know God loves me. I know I can wipe this stuff off and God, Jesus would pick me up and say, okay, B, get back in there. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I may dwell on the, I'll condemn myself too much. And he says, stop thinking about that. I forgave you for that. Move on. Let's go. So this, this fight, I'm 45 years old. I've been married for 25 years. Um, I want all my, my deal right now is really about finishing strong. I want to finish strong. I coach college football uh, because it's what God has me to do. It's a lot bigger than the game for me. It's about the young people that I have a chance to work with and impact through sports. Sports is one of those situations that always has adversities where you can, you can help grow young people through adverse situations because it's never perfect. Some of my players may be mad at me because they're, they're, they're this situation. They're not playing. But at the end of the day, if they handle those situations correctly and they, uh, um, in my hope, uh, seek God through situations and problems, God's perfect will will prevail. It doesn't always mean it's going to be exactly what they want it to be. But at the end of the day, four or five years from now, ten years from now, hopefully they come back and are you able to say this situation, the way I handled it in God's grace, was, was allowed me to sort of get through it. That tough football game that we lost by two points, we gave all that we had, is an opportunity for me to help grow a person through an adverse situation and what we do. I sound like, I feel like I'm babbling a little bit right now, so I do apologize because I can't get on tangents and start talking. But um, last thing I want to just uh, leave you with, I, I want to try to keep to my, 
my time here is just a verse, and, you, and I talk about my sons. I was driving, dropping my son Zach off at practice today, and, uh, and he has a way at times that just hit me with something that's, uh, that's right. And, and uh, we, we read a little bit, and, and uh, I said, you know, get a verse in the Old Testament. Let's read before you go into practice. So he read uh, this, but this was sort of, sort of something that just, just uh, struck me. And it's uh, from Colossians uh, 3, and it says, uh, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on, reality, on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth. For you died when Christ died. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is yours, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share and share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things that lurking, that's lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust, and shameful desires. Don't be greedy for the good things of this life, for that is adultery. God is, God's terrible anger will come upon those who do such things. You use them, you use, you used to do them when your life was still part of this world, but now it is time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, behavior, uh, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Uh, don't lie to each other, for you have uh, stripped off your old evil nature, nature and all its wicked, wicked deeds. In its place, you have closed yourself with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ, who created this new nature within you. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave-free. Christ is all that matters, and he, will, and, he, and he lives in all of us. And, and this verse, you know, to me, just, just again, just sort of brings it home to me that, uh, that this life that I chose in accepting Christ as my Savior is something that's an ongoing deal. Is something that uh, that I grow from, and my desire to be perfect is something that I'm working towards. And uh, my true perfection will, will be when I when I stand before Christ. I'm perfected through Him. But uh, I want to encourage all you to make sure that if if if, if you're uh, seeking Christ or you want to know more about Christ, that you ask those around you and ask. Uh, I know West for us and people, myself or anybody, if you have questions about it. But uh, know also if you accepted Christ, just continue to move forward. I mean, don't let anything tell you that, that, that you're condemned, that you, uh, that you did something so bad that Christ won't forgive you. That's a bunch of lies. The enemy is a true liar, seeking who wants to seek who he can devour. That's a, it's a true enemy that we deal with, period. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we got a game this Saturday, so uh, go out there and let's do that thing. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, we got a game. Please come out and, and, and support. And, and, and thank you so much for allowing me to speak to y'all.
stand and join me as we close in prayer today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity and this morning and the word that we heard and the testimony. Thank you for godly examples like Coach Norwood. Father, I pray that his testimony of what you've done in his life would challenge us. That there be a part of that that we would uh, take and apply to our own lives and we'd realize, God, that, that we aren't perfect that we're just saved by your grace and that we live our lives uh, with your strength on a daily basis. As we leave this room today, we're going to face troubles and difficult situations, God. May we rely on your strength, understanding that we need that to survive. God, we love you. We thank you so much for how good you are to us and that that goodness never ends. And we praise you for that, Father. Go with us today as we leave from here, uh, that you be with each individual student. God, that you'd guide them and direct them. And, Father, we just want to glorify you in what we say and what we do uh, each and every day. Father, we love you, and we pray all this in your son's name. Amen.